Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. Janet Atkinson here with you. We are joined by Missouri Farm Bureau President Garrett Hawkins this week. And President Hawkins, we have had quite the whirlwind of activity over the last, well, honestly, the last couple of months. But let's stick with the last couple of weeks, having come back from Utah and Salt Lake City. Uh, AFBF convention, always a great time to see some folks, also a productive time. Yes, all of those things that you just <laughs> mentioned, Janet. And honestly, I feel like I'm still recovering from what was a very busy and very productive uh, 105th annual meeting of the American Farm Bureau. I would agree with you. And it seems like uh, every time you turn around a the corner, there's something else to do at the annual meeting, whether it's in the convention center and the trade show or some of the meetings and activities taking place. So it's definitely a great place to be. Uh, while we were at the annual meeting, of course, the, the delegate session is kind of the, the cap of all the activities that take place. And not only that, but all the activities that kind of has taken place with Missouri Farm Bureau for the last several months since I came on board. Uh, all these policy discussions that we've been having and various things all you know, coming to fruition. Talk about that delicate session and some of the policies that made it through. Yeah. So, you know, it really is something, Janet, every year when you see the policy development process come full circle. Um, and, and now we're back in policy development, if you will, with initial discussions about things that we need to look at for next year. But truly for me, it was a wonderful opportunity for uh, for the Missouri delegates to to influence national policy yet again this year. Uh, in December, I was asked by American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall to chair the Energy and Tax Subcommittee of the National Resolutions Committee. And so we spent a lot of time here in Missouri, you know, looking at ways to continue to enhance uh, our national policy. You know, we've been an organization that's long supported comprehensive, all of the above energy policies. And, and now we've talked before about how we see federal energy policy skewed uh, to one set of energy sources that we really believe jeopardizes food security, energy security, and national security overall. So we had the chance to, to talk about energy and, and build support among delegates, particularly as you look at the intersection of power generation and transmission and property rights. So we came out of annual meeting feeling really good that um, we have bolstered and built alliances with other states of, of how we continue to need to engage in these conversations at the national level. I also say, you know, member adopted recommendations, whether it was improvements in risk management programs, such as the pasture, pasture, forage and rangeland program. We were able to, able to make a tweak in AFBF policy to to recognize uh, some challenges that we've experienced in Missouri. So by and large, whether it was a big issue or or maybe more of a technical change, I feel like Missouri Farm Bureau was very successful in carrying your, our members' ideas uh, to, to American Farm Bureau. Well, it definitely was a busy time and a lot of good conversation to take place. And I can't imagine a better subcommittee for you to chair than the Energy and Tax Subcommittee because uh, you've kind of had a a real tight hold on that and some of the, the different aspects taking place within the energy sector of late. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I think uh, really since I was elected in December 2020, um, our team, we have been talking about this green web uh, that we're seeing coming out of Washington, D.C. as the administration pursues an all of the above climate agenda. And uh, 
you know, at the farm gate, we're all about stewardship and doing better uh, in the form of continuous improvement. But some of the policies coming out of D.C. right now truly are um, troubling and, and can be problematic for us. And, and so, you know, dovetail that with what we're seeing now in the transmission space as we hear about more and more uh, mega transmission lines and folks that would like to turn Missouri into the transmission superhighway for the nation between the coasts. There are just a lot of issues out there. And I think I applaud our members for being at the forefront in, in making their voices heard through our policy development process. And, and I want them to know that uh, uh, their common sense ideas, we were working really hard to make sure that they are heard every day, whether it's in the American Farm Bureau or whether it's in the halls of Congress. Now, we've made it back to Missouri from the annual meeting, but uh, of course, things don't uh, quiet down any time. In fact, uh, last week, you had an interview with the Wall Street Journal uh, touching on some very uh, related matters. Well, we've seen the state of California um, enact legislation now to impose its own climate disclosure rules on large companies that do essentially a billion dollars in revenue on an annual basis. So if you think back, uh, the Securities Exchange Commission still has a proposal that's pending on federal climate disclosure laws. Now we have one state deciding that it wants to impose its own framework. I have um, essentially signed on to a, a lawsuit uh, that's been filed by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the American Farm Bureau, along with other industry groups. Uh, I say signed on in the sense that I'm referenced in the in the court filing as a farmer that has concerns about what a state, uh, when a state decides to impose its own disclosure laws, what it may mean for the value chain back to the farm gate, including on my cow-calf operation. So, you know, Janet, you remember our, our former president, Charlie Cruz, uh, back in the day during our respective Collegiate Farm Bureau days. And Charlie always said at any given time, one of us represents all of us. And in this case, uh, this is a really important issue that will impact our ability to farm a ranch and truly, I think, impact our ability to bring the kids home. And so I'm, I'm proud to be able to, to lend voice, to express uh, not just the concerns I have at the farm gate, but the concerns that we'll have across rural America, as I think we'll see rapid consolidation in the supply chain uh, if large businesses are forced to do this in one state. I, I think the ramifications, particularly for rural America and our rural communities, will be devastating. Garrett, the podcast today isn't necessarily about that subject matter, but before we move on to some other things that are coming up, do touch on that for folks that are listening in. How is that going to trickle down and impact our small farms across Missouri and across other states? I mean, where do the concerns lie? Well, the concerns lie when uh, large companies are forced to um, adhere to a rigid framework for disclosing their greenhouse gas emissions, not just from their companies, but from the supply chain of where they're sourcing products. And so you think about grocery stores to beef packers to uh, large grain processors. You think about these large companies, all of a sudden they are forced to put in place record keeping requirements uh, that ultimately protect their liability at, in complying with such a state law. So what happens? 
Well, down the value chain, they then have to put in place record keeping requirements and standards for everyone that participates in their chain. So back to the farm gate, all of a sudden now we're trying to figure out greenhouse gas emissions from whether it's our cow uh, emissions to how we're managing uh, forage to crops to how much fuel we're using, how much fertilizer we're applying. And so no one knows at this point whether we're just going to use estimates or how rigid such a framework would be. And so the uncertainty is tremendous. But what I can say with certainty is I truly believe that companies will work to mitigate risk by wanting to do business with the largest of farms and the largest of processors, uh, because then there's more certainty. There are fewer players of where they're gathering their data and information from. So it only makes sense in my mind, if I were in the seat of a large company, I'm gonna mitigate my risk all that I can to ultimately reduce my liability for disclosure and making sure that I'm being accurate and complying with the law. That then leads to the demise of family farms. It leads to the demise, I think, of family feed stores, family grain elevators, family livestock markets, who all of a sudden now are forced to put in place record-keeping requirements uh, to collect data and then funnel data up to the next, in, next entity in the supply chain. And you know, ultimately, there are no guarantees for data privacy, for where my data is going and how it's going to be protected. So all these things raise a whole host of, of questions. And, and I think for all of us in agriculture, uh, we better be asking these questions because it is concerning as to what may happen at the farm gate, as well as what may happen to those that we do business with in our rural communities who are part of that value chain. It definitely gives folks something to think about. And thank you for giving some background, a little bit more depth to that. So let's go ahead and move on and look to the calendar. Uh, well, actually, let me also mention this. I don't know if I said it beforehand. Uh, you had the chance to talk to a reporter with the Wall Street Journal about that very uh, issue last week. So folks can look that up. And of course, this issue is not going away. So we'll continue to keep folks updated as that uh, lawsuit and everything moves forward. Um, now, looking to the calendar, we had uh, last week our first fellow of 2024, the first time I've had the chance to take one of these in, and it seems like folks were happy to come together. Well, we do well, Janet, and Farm Bureau is fellowship with one another, and if there's ever a time that I need a shot of energy, honestly, a Farm Bureau fellowship will do it, because when you gather with fellow members, we talk about issues, we talk about our families, we talk about what's happening, I mean, we've all been fighting mud and feeding cattle this winter. Uh which we need the runoff, especially for our ponds. But uh, fellowship is just an opportunity to get together, enjoy good food, enjoy one another's company, and to truly you know, give thanks for all the hard work that's going into the state and national legislative sessions and what we're doing to move our priorities uh, for all of our Farm Bureau family members. Now, the next one is going to be uh, District 6, and that will be in Portageville in southeast Missouri on February 22nd. Uh, this last week, we were in District 2. Um, and then between now and then, however, we do have another uh, big activity or just after the next district fellowship. That is going to be the legislative briefing that's going to take place here at the home office in Jeff City. Yeah, legislative briefing is an annual flagship event. I think, Janet, you're almost approaching a year of service within Farm Bureau, and I think you probably figured out very quickly that oftentimes we're an event-driven organization. And certainly when the 
when state legislators are in town, uh, we hold our annual flagship event to get together to talk about the issues, talk a little bit about markets as well, what's happening in livestock and row crop agriculture, uh, and then hit the Capitol to talk about our priorities. And number one will be enacting health plan legislation uh, to give our members another option as they look for affordable quality health coverage. So it's a great event. We'll have a legislative banquet. Uh, some of our members will have the chance to do a recording of This Week in Missouri Politics with Scott Fawn, who certainly uh, is a friend to our organization. Wonderful. Now, we also turn the calendar. We have uh, before then, of course, later this week coming up, the Young Farmers and Ranchers Conference. And there'll be some policy discussion there, but I get the feeling that the Young Farmers and Ranchers is more about building relationships. Building relationships, Janet, uh, having a good time just you know, after a long winter, the chance to just get away from, from home. Uh, oftentimes, young farmers bring their kids. It's really a family atmosphere. Um, but there'll be some great breakout sessions as well uh, that will equip them with some tools to take back to the farm. Now, I don't mean actual physical tools, but <laughs> tools in the form of information that they can think about when it comes to estate planning and how to have those conversations with their parents. That's often a conversation at this conference. Uh, there'll be other things with regard to technology that you can adopt on the farm. So it's always fun just to listen in on the conversations that happen. Everyone's you know just talking about what's going on at home. They're talking about kids and they're just having a good time. And to throw it in, we do have the largest young farmer and rancher conference of any state in the country. We know I how to do that. that. That's exciting. Yeah, we know how to do this. <laughs> well, I know I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I had the chance to attend the YFNR conference many, many moons ago uh, as a Farm Bureau member and thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Um, looking forward to it from a different perspective this time around, without a doubt. Now, just another quick heads up later uh, in March next month, we're going to take a group to Washington, D.C. Of course, we'll hit the hill there in D.C., but we'll talk about that again a little bit later. Before we wrap things up here, also want to give a quick shout out to President Hawkins for congratulations, because also at the AFBF convention, you were elected to serve on the board of directors for the American Farm Bureau Federation. And that is certainly uh, quite an accomplishment, a goal that you had set for yourself. And I know uh, you'll serve AFBF well, but it also helps Missouri Farm Bureau uh, to kind of have an idea what's going on beyond just our borders. Well, you're very kind, Janet. Uh, certainly, it was a highlight for me. Uh, my kids were very excited when I called home and told them. They're like, now, what exactly does that mean, Dad? But that's really cool. Uh, you know, I had the chance uh, to essentially campaign uh, and ask for the votes of my fellow Midwest uh, State Farm Bureaus. Um, that's where uh, Missouri Farm Bureau is located within the Midwest region of the four regions within American Farm Bureau. So on top of all the normal convention duties, um, Blake Rollins and the team accompanied me to the other states uh, to introduce myself or reintroduce myself, really, uh, to their delegations and to uh, ask for their vote. And so I'm very, very humbled that the Midwest region, they've given me uh, the opportunity to to represent them. Uh, along with others on the American Farm Bureau Board. 
Well, again, congratulations. And also a big thank you for taking the time to recap the convention with us. Give us an update on a couple of the, the issues that are, of course, pressing. And we'll continue to keep folks posted as those issues continue to develop over time. In the meantime, we will see you at the YFNR conference later this week. Thanks for joining yep. us. Go ahead. I'm going to find my costume, Janet. So don't, I don't know if you've been filled in on this, but no. Saturday night is always a theme night. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a 70s theme. So uh, if you haven't done your planning, you better start thinking about what I you're going to do. I had to. I thought it was something for the guests. So I was going to be a cheerleader from afar. <laughs> okay, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> we'll see what I can cook up between now and Saturday night. So All right. okay, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. And we will catch up at the YFNR conference. And thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Digging In with the Missouri Farm Bureau.